0: You're listening to a podcast series celebrating the 25th anniversary of GINA, the global initiative for asthma. We're in London to interview world-renowned asthma specialists, healthcare professionals and patients, focusing on the issues, objectives and achievements of GINA and to look ahead to the future developments that the next 25 years will bring. Well, in this latest podcast we once again speak to dr mark levy general practitioner in london and chairman dissemination and implementation committee for gina hello again hello and good afternoon. we're now going to focus on the post asthma exacerbation review in primary care you've been involved in the investigation of many asthma deaths what in your view are the key lessons
1: from these very sad cases? They are indeed very sad cases. And um, the National Review of Asthma Deaths, which was published in the United Kingdom in uh, 2014, identified a number of problems with the management of asthma. And one of the key findings was that over 65% of people who died from asthma had major preventable factors identified. It wasn't surprising because we've known about this for nearly 50 years. So the lessons keep being learned, but the information is not being utilized and implemented. Now, one of the main reasons people die from asthma is that asthma is not prioritized as a disease by the, uh, uh, the payers, the people who are buying care, for various reasons. Health professionals don't always treat asthma as if it's a chronic disease. Now, asthma is a chronic ongoing disease which flares up or people exacerbate from time to time. And if the disease is seen as chronic, then the management will be first continuous, but also updated from time to time, and uh, dosages will be increased depending on what happens. Now, if somebody has an exacerbation or a flare-up of an asthma uh, episode, that's a signal that something serious has gone wrong. And what we learned in the National Review of Asthma Deaths was that risk factors of poor outcomes from asthma were not being recognized. And we identified two major risk factors which hadn't been recognized, um, certainly by our jobbing clinicians, and that was excess prescription of reliever medication. So patients were being prescribed, in some cases, over 50 reliever inhalers in a year for their asthma. Now, someone with well-controlled asthma shouldn't need to use a reliever inhaler more than twice a week, four puffs a week. That equates to one and a half inhalers a year. So that was a surprise finding that over 45% of the patients in the National Review had been prescribed more than 12 reliever inhalers in the year before they died. And the other finding was that Patients were not being prescribed enough controller medication for their asthma. So, in other words, to uh, control the inflammation and the process, the underlying process of asthma. So, the topic today is to highlight the need for a post exacerbation review. So, if someone's asthma flares up or they have an exacerbation, we need to recognize something serious has gone wrong, treat that episode, but then review the patient in the United Kingdom within 48 hours, and certainly uh, within a week of um, being treated for that attack. And that review focuses on two areas. Firstly, has the attack resolved? So does this person need more treatment? Do they need to be referred back into hospital if that's where they've been discharged from? And secondly, um, once we've identified whether the attack is, is adequately controlled, we then ask ourselves the next question, which is, what went wrong? What were the risk factors that led up to that attack? And in particular, what are the modifiable risk factors that were in place in this particular patient? So for example, when you're reviewing somebody after an attack, check through their records and see how many relievers were they prescribed in the previous year. Check and see whether they've been prescribed a controller drug, and whether they've been collecting it was the dose okay. So those are two key things to check, but also other modifiable factors would include things like inability to use an inhaler device properly, um, not taking the medication. People who are obese are more at risk of having a uh, a severe attack. Somebody who smokes is going to be more at risk because smoking reduces the effect of the controller drugs. And so there are a number of modifiable factors, a number of non-modifiable factors. Key thing is to identify those factors. So, for example, if you've got a child who's got asthma and also has food allergy, those two factors together pose a major risk of a poor outcome for that child. If you've got an adult who happens to be a pregnant female who's also got asthma, the combination puts that woman at risk. So very important to make sure that that woman understands she needs to take her medication regularly. And so um, clearly, if someone's not taking the medication, we can advise the person and we can remedy that. And if the medication isn't being used correctly, inhaler technique is not adequate, we can modify that. So doing a post-exacerbation review has a number of key aims and objectives. The one to determine whether that exacerbation is over and we need to do anything, but also recognizing that the exacerbation means that something serious went wrong and in itself poses a risk for another one. So there's an opportunity at the post exacerbation review to make things right, to prevent that next exacerbation. And that'll be a benefit both to the person who's got asthma and also to um, the country who are paying for the expense of unscheduled care, hospital admissions and attendance in accident and emergency and urgent care centers. And while I'm on that topic, as far as expenditure in the case of asthma is concerned, some of that expenditure is hidden. We know that admissions to hospital are costed and charged for, certainly in most countries, certainly in the United Kingdom. But if someone with asthma attends an emergency department or an accident in an emergency department or an urgent care center or even a family doctor, that's not often costed. And so the total costs of asthma are underestimated by governments, departments of health, and people who are commissioning care. And so it's very important in general practice to code each and every episode of uncontrolled asthma or asthma exacerbations. Two reasons for that. One is so that doctors and nurses consulting patients who present with asthma or with symptoms can look in the records and very easily see whether somebody's at risk of poor outcome or not. And sadly, I've been involved in in the investigation of a number of asthma deaths where general practitioners have received communications from hospital um, following attendance for uh, an exacerbation or an admission because of uncontrolled asthma. And it's not coded in the records as such. The letters will be scanned into the records and they'll be coded as seen in hospital or seen in outpatients or seen in clinic. And sadly, there was recently an example where a doctor was called by a nurse to give a second opinion on a child who the nurse had uh, started treatment for an an asthma exacerbation. The patient had been given high-dose bronchodilator. The doctor was asked to give another opinion. And looking at the medical records, it was not clear that this child had actually had 48 asthma exacerbations in her short lifetime because... The exacerbations were not coded accurately as such. And so by maintaining records in cases like this and um, bringing them up to date, make them as accurate and explicit as possible, consulting uh, health professionals can see um, how severely affected someone is by their asthma. And the other reason for accurate uh, records is that the health professionals will be more inclined to educate the patient and inform the patient or the parents of a child that that person is at risk of poor outcome because one or two attacks of asthma or exacerbations of asthma in the preceding year poses a risk for another one in that following year. You
0: mentioned that asthma isn't as prioritized as much as it should be within, uh, say, the National Health Service or other health services around the world and perhaps the focus is on other diseases or cancer, all manner of other conditions. Why do you think particularly asthma isn't taken as seriously as it should be?
1: I think asthma is considered by many people
0: as a mild illness. Clearly not, from what you're saying about the number of deaths that we're seeing.
1: Well, some people who die from asthma haven't actually... Uh, presented with manifestations of the disease or might not have had symptoms for a while so there are a group of people who die from asthma who are not obviously suffering from severe asthma or may not be suffering a lot from asthma there are some people who clinicians just don't classify as severe or poorly controlled and that's a group that that we, we can address as clinicians it's very difficult to deal with a situation where somebody develops a severe uh, a flare-up or exacerbation of asthma which has fatal outcomes, which in many cases, in, the, the, in some of these cases, cannot be predicted. But where somebody is clearly um, suffering from current poor control or has um, risk factors of uh, future poor outcome, um, those are the patients that we can actually deal with and address. You're a general practitioner. Um, as far as GPs
0: are concerned, do you think they are, ch- you mentioned inhalers before, do you think
1: they are checking with their patients enough that they're using their inhalers properly? Well, We know that about 85% of people can't use inhalers properly, and that includes health professionals. Um, so it's it's very important to check and make sure when prescribing that somebody can use an inhaler. What,
0: what do you think we can do, Gina can do, uh, to assist GPs and health professionals?
1: Well, on the subject we're talking about, I think it's important for everyone with asthma to know that if they have an exacerbation of their asthma, they should consult their health professional, ideally within two days, but definitely within a week of being treated for that exacerbation. Um, As far as gene is concerned, I think that we we need to uh, publicize the fact that asthma is a serious disease. It does actually um, pose a a major economic uh, uh, burden on health economies, some of which is hidden. And maybe um, we could address ways in which we could uh, accurately determine the cost of asthma care.
0: You mentioned the coding, didn't you? And and the fact is that if we don't understand the cost uh, of asthma, maybe that's why it's not being prioritized quite so.
1: Yes, it is chicken and egg. Both, uh, I mean, it's difficult to know which comes first. Yeah. Um, but um, you'll overhear people in accident emergency departments, health professionals saying, oh, it's just another person with another asthma attack. It's only an asthma attack or it's only an asthma exacerbation i.e. it's not an important disease. And we need to change attitudes in that respect. Education, education, education. Exactly. Dr. Monk-Levy, thanks very much. Thank you. The
0: GINA website has a suite of up-to-date, evidence-based documents, booklets, videos, an implementation toolkit and other useful information. If you're a healthcare professional interested in GINA resources for your hospital or healthcare system, or if you have ideas for new resources, please email us via our website, ginaasthma.org. Thank you for listening and for sharing in our mission
1: to reduce the global burden of asthma.